Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. Hi, I'm Randy. And I'm Jamie. So this week was another fun, exciting, crazy week around here. Hopefully the last one of these for a little while because the legislature is finally gone. Praise whatever God you praise or whatever God you don't praise. Um, So, but, you know, they couldn't just go away. They had to Mm -hmm. go away with a bang. So the Senate did pass the Senate version of the fetal tissue disposal bill. Right. One of the three bills that work on this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's funny because the Senate bill started out the same as one of the House bills. So House Bill 417 and Senate Bill 254 started as the exact same bill. Okay. Both of them got amended, and both of them were amended in completely different ways. So if you can't agree on how this should be regulated, maybe yeah. that's a sign that you shouldn't regulate it because you have no freaking idea what you're doing. Right. Just, just a thought. Right. Just a thought. It's not going to stop them. <laughs> it's not because that never stops them because facts and science don't help. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the Senate passed it. The ACLU testified this week. They were unable to come last week when the hearing was. So the ACLU did weigh in this week um, against the bill as a violation of privacy and a whole bunch of other things. Um, so we were thankful for that. Um, and then, of course, um, they made one small amendment to the bill because they keep talking about how it gives the woman a choice on how she how the remains are disposed of. It doesn't mm-hmm. make her make the choice. But, but the way the bill was written before, it said, well, she has the right to make the disposition decision, but then the clinic can't get rid of the tissue unless the disposition decision is made. It's not a choice that's forcing her to do something. So they did actually amend that piece out so that the clinic can dispose of it if the woman declines the choice to make the decision herself. So, But it's still a disastrous bill. It still requires burial or cremation, goes against all medical standards for the disposal of biological tissue, Mm -hmm. um, and really is just like all the other bills, like we said over and over again, just another way to close down our clinics. So. so they're all gone now. So we've got the two bills sit, sitting the in the house. The legislators are out for the summer. Yes. They're all gone now. Well, the summer and actually most of the fall. Sometimes they come back like once or twice in September, but they don't right. even expect that to happen because it's going to be such a crazy election year. So we will hopefully not see um, the Ohio legislature back until after election day. Right. Which at which point mm-hmm. we will have six weeks of holy hell, <laughs> also yes. known as lame duck, right? where God knows what will happen at that point. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it really does sound like they're going to take the entire summer and that early part of the fall mm-hmm. because, you know, every single member of the Ohio House and half the members of the Ohio Senate are up for re-election. Mm-hmm. And they're all trying to figure out what it means to run down ticket from Donald Trump. Uh-huh. So they're probably <laughs> not going to want to spend time sitting in committees. No, 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 no. no. Adios. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and it's funny because they even have some some races that they're going to have to figure out what to do with, too. There are several right. cases. There's one, um, I think it's House District 74. It's a, um, it was a four-way Republican primary and the candidate that Ohio Right to Life and the, the county Demo- Republican parties all endorsed didn't win. Um, this guy who basically ran on, I'm going to reverse gay marriage and pass the heartbeat bill was his platform. He's the one who won. So they've got even a couple of those that they're going to have to figure out themselves what to do with this election season because 
Hmm. You know, those are not candidates that represent Ohio values in general, even in our gerrymandered districts. Right. That puts some of those districts in a little bit more danger than they would have been with a more you right. know, moderate Republican. So, right. so yeah, we'll I, see. I don't even understand, like, that's not even possible. <laughs> Again, Randy, to... logic. <laughs> <laughs> that's why Donald Trump says he loves the poorly educated. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Because they believe that Donald Trump yeah. can do all the things that he says. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's like, that's what you want to be associated with, someone who calls you poorly educated mm-hmm. because you don't know any better. That's why you're voting for him. Like, yeah. okay. Exactly. So so just to restate that timeline, they're out of session yes. for the summer. So the Memorial Day weekend begins their summer of campaigning. Yes. They're going to take June, July, August, September, October... To mm-hmm. campaign. Yes. Uh, so we've got that amount of time to be talking to uh, our friends and neighbors about these sort of abortion restrictions mm-hmm. um, and, you know, why they're being passed, how they're not based in any sort of, um, you know, evidence-based, medically necessary set of guidelines. These are just willy-nilly restrictions that the legislature is pulling out of yep. thin air of different ways that they can <laughs> dream up to try and attack abortion providers. Mm-hmm. The Supreme Court will make their big announcement in Whole Woman's Health at the end of June. Yep. So that'll give us some uh, sense of how to reframe that conversation and then keep talking about it uh, through the summer to Election Day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then take a week, take, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday after Election Day to sleep. (laughs) <laughs> and be ready that Tuesday for the Ohio legislature to come back for six weeks of holy hell. Right. Where we expect to see votes on these fetal tissue bills. I wouldn't be surprised to see a vote on the 20-week ban, the Down right. syndrome ban. I mean, they've got so much still pending out there. Right. And who knows what they'll even dream up to come up with new right. over the summer. Right. So, you know, we all think we just got to make it through Election Day. No, actually, we need to make it through mid-December. They'll right. probably be in session until at least around December 15th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If not a little bit later. I mean, they've gone to like the 22nd before right. um, and totally screwed up my Christmas. It's been a pain. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of it's, <clears throat> it's kind of interesting to see, not like good interesting, yeah. uh, how legislators handle lame duck because mm-hmm. some of them, uh, especially if there's a bad election season for yeah. one caucus, they are either going to come back and say, okay, the voters have spoken. They don't want us in power. We're not going to try and rock the boat right now. We're just going to step out quietly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Other times they come back and they say, well, there's no more consequences. Uh-huh. Let's just burn everything down. And that's more of what we've seen in the past few lame ducks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and it'll, it'll be really interesting to see, too, you know, if this election cycle does go down in the way that we would hope and dream it would, which is that, you know, Donald Trump kind of just takes the, you know, crazy road that he's currently taking and, you know, takes the Republican party down with him. And what does the establishment do with that? Because, you know, he's this anti-establishment candidate. Does the establishment come back saying, look, we let you have a chance. We're going to take back our strong armed control of the party or do the crazies kind of hold out. Cause I think that'll really depend on what we see um, happening in lame duck. I mean, the last crazy lame duck we had, um, session was delayed until like two o'clock in the morning because one of the really crazy, um, legislators, um, actually, uh, back again, Brinkman, Tom Brinkman was trying to get his total and complete abortion ban thrown into another bill at the last minute. I mean, this was a bill that had no exceptions, even for a woman's life. It was a, if the doctor inadvertently terminated the pregnancy was the only exception 
to the Inadvertently. bill. Yeah. Like so medical error. slipped and here's this mifepristone <laughs> that accidentally <laughs> we, fell we into We finally hands. figured it out. There's the, And the crazy OBGYN, like not established OBGYN community, the pro-life OBGYN okay. group that Patrick Johnston runs out of yeah. Zanesville, Ohio. Um, they believe that it's better to remove the diseased organ in the case of an ectopic pregnancy. So in an ectopic pregnancy, you could take mifepristone, you could do like medication abortion and resolve it and it works swimmingly a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Or you can go in and do a surgical procedure to actually remove the fallopian tube where the egg has attached and they say that that's the preferred method because you're removing the de- diseased organ. You are not intending to terminate the pregnancy. That's what we thought. think that that was probably around. Yeah. Um, Gabe's fa- face, if you're listening, is um, uh, one of complete bewilderment at the moment. I mean, did they use <laughs> bloodletting and leeches and <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> throw her in the Dr. river? And if she floats, <laughs> she's a witch. So Dr. Johnston, actually. Pregnancy, we're going to make it even harder for you to ever get pregnant. Again. Exactly. And, uh, the, oh, hey, that's pro-life. Mm-hmm. Like, what? But the real, the real crazy thing about Johnston and the ectopic pregnancy is he's got a whole article. He's a doctor in Zanesville, Ohio, by the way. He's like a licensed medical pr- practitioner in Zanesville, Ohio. Do not ever go see him. Um, he actually has an article out there about how the vast majority of ectopic pregnancies resolve themselves on their own. And we don't even need medical intervention for this thing that kills women. Seriously? So that's what we think they were kind of saying with that inadvertent. But yeah, they tried to shove that in at like two o'clock in the morning and supposedly there's a big huge fight in caucus and everything else. So Jeez. anything anything can happen in lame duck. So get some sleep between, you know, election day and the Tuesday after and then be ready right. to come roaring back with us for November and December and then you can sleep between, you know, Christmas and New Year's. Right. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So so, yeah. They're always very interesting. Uh-huh. They are. Um, but some really good news this week. Um, a federal judge blocked the defunding of Planned Parenthood. Thank you, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> Got to find that mic. A federal judge um, this week. What was it? Was Monday. It Tuesday? Oh, Monday. Okay. Um, yeah, blocked the fun, uh, defunding of Planned Parenthood, which it was going to be um, really bad for a lot of the county um, health departments. Cause I was reading an article about that last week that Gabe shared. And it was just, like, really crazy, all the scrambling they were going to mm-hmm. have to do to try to, like, now find somebody new to provide all these services, mm-hmm. um, none of which that had to do with abortion, yeah. um, even though, obviously, we need that. But this is, uh, it had nothing to do with that, and they were going to have a hard time, um, you know, filling all of the service needs. Um, and so the judge this week, he gets, that's what he said, <laughs> slash that's what she said. <laughs> So this is what the judge said um, in his ruling. That's a violation of the First Amendment, as Barrett explains. The unconstitutional conditions doctrine provides that the government may not deny a benefit to a person on a basis that infringes his constitutionally protected freedom of speech, even if the person has no constitutional right to the benefit itself. That is, the government isn't obligated to offer funding to Planned Parenthood, but if it does do so, it cannot condition this funding on Planned Parenthood silencing itself. Yeah. And that really comes from the fact that it wasn't just a defunding of somebody who provides abortion care in Ohio. Right. It was that inclusion of promoting yeah. abortion. Um, so they, that's what they really based that on. And the fact that saying that you can't even talk about it is an infringement on their constitutionally protected freedom of speech, 
which the antis scream about outside of clinics every single day. You can't have a buffer zone because that infringes on my freedom of speech. Yeah. But silencing Planned Parenthood seems to be just fine. Like yeah. you can't have rights that you'd say nobody else can have. That's not yeah. how this works. They yeah. want to be able to scream in the face of people about abortion, but they don't want doctors to be able to have a nice, calm, rational yeah. conversation with the patient <laughs> mm-hmm. who's come to them with questions. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's somehow promoting abortion and therefore a cause for defunding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Goofy. Okay. So, yeah, but that's only a temporary. It's only through June 6th, so it really only lasts for two okay. weeks. Um, they have a longer-standing application for a longer injunction for the course of the case, so keep everybody posted on what we hear mm-hmm. on that front. Right. So Okay. Um, so uh, the other thing that happened this week um, is we uh, got to see a presentation by our uh, lead researcher, Erica Duff, uh, she's been working diligently uh, over the past uh, few months, year, few um, months, yeah. to mm-hmm. put together a report called The State of Choice in Ohio. Um, folks can find this on our website at prochoiceohio.org uh, in the In Our State section. Um, and, you know, this was uh, a very comprehensive uh, look at all of the different factors that are involved um, as Ohioans seek access to reproductive health care and abortion rights. Mm-hmm. Um, so she did talk about um, the, uh, you know, the attacks on abortion providers that we've discussed many times on this podcast before, mm-hmm. um, you know, Governor Kasich enacting 17 different restrictions on abortion providers, mm-hmm. um, including cuts to funding, um, the closure of, uh, eight clinics across the state, taking the number from 16 to eight, and now it's up to nine. But, mm-hmm. you know, we've lost half of those clinics that were, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in existence available to women um, when Kasich took office. Um, so she looked at all of that and then also really sort of went in depth looking at the effects of prenatal care and who has access to that. Um, you know, the disproportionately... Uh, affected populations of women, women of color, mm-hmm. um, you know, black women, Latinas, uh, who don't have uh, the same access to prenatal care uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, the white women do. Uh, and then what that really means, you know, mm-hmm. Ohio uh, is 44th in the state in terms of infant mortality. Yeah. Lack of access to prenatal, prenatal care is a big factor. Um, an absence of paid family leave is, you know, another big factor in that. Mm-hmm. Um, she looked at how uh, there's pretty much no data on how we deal with transgender citizens and how they yeah, access health care. Really, yeah, and pointed out that almost all the health care plans really sort of depend on the male-female uh, binary. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. if you're, you know, not solidly in one of those categories, the health care system really sort of fails you. Mm-hmm. Um and then also she talked about women in prison and how mm-hmm. that's really sort of an invisible population that, you know, we neglect to include in access to health care, yeah. um, not just in terms of um, access uh, to more day-to-day reproductive health care, but also the horrible practice of shackling women to mm-hmm. beds while mm-hmm. they're in childbirth. Yeah. You know, they get unshackled at like the moment of delivery, but then as soon as that baby comes out, they're shackled back to that bed. Um, so, so many aspects, really comprehensive. 
Um, and it's all boiled up uh, in the survey. So like I said, you can find it at prochoiceohio.org. Um, we had a great presentation from Erica, um, many members of the General Assembly and their staff Mm-hmm. Um, were uh, present for the presentation, and then the press got uh, a conference call later in the day. Um, what were you guys' takeaway from from how that all went? Oh, I thought the turnout was really um, good. There was a packed room. Yeah. So, yeah, that was exciting. Um, yeah, I thought, um, yeah, I was really surprised by that. I guess I shouldn't be, <laughs> that we didn't really have any data on um, transgender people and, like, getting health care to them. Um, cause you know, we did a trans health panel, um, back in January. Right, right. And so, but I guess they were saying similar things that it's kind of like certain people are like taking strides in their own practice to try to be more inclusive and try to learn more. Right. So it's, but it's still, you know, sort of, and I guess <laughs> I feel like, um, it's a new thing for all of us. It's not necessarily a new thing, like... Right. I mean, yeah. there's it's, been transgender people for um, hundreds of years, I'm sure. Yeah. Probably thousands. Um, yeah, but it's just like a new thing to us. So now it's like, oh, okay, well, right. now we're like, all of this is happening, and now we have like lots of celebrities. So now it's like an interesting thing to mm-hmm. us to like learn about, which I mean, I guess that's not necessarily a bad thing because um, it's making more people interested in learning about right you know, about those mm-hmm. things, but, but I mean, you're right. It's, it's individual doctors that are sort of yeah. choosing to take that on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You it's know, not to start like making a an inclusive practice. Mm-hmm. It's not thing a standard. That they, yeah. Have to learn about at school. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting too, the parallels between the repro rights and the LGBT rights communities and how you gain access to something through the courts, you know, Roe versus Wade for abortion and, um, Ogofeld, um, and with gay marriage and then the kind of most at risk population gets attacked first with Roe, Mm -hmm. you saw the immediate passage of the Hyde amendment, the, you know, the very next year, um, and blocking low income women from getting abortion coverage through Medicaid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the trans community is really becoming the brunt of attacks, Mm -hmm. you know, the rebellion against the gay marriage. I mean, so in, you know, the number of attacks have gone up this Mm -hmm. whole target bathroom thing, all of our anti-choice people who protest outside of abortion clinics are now protesting and harassing and annoying people in target too. Um, and it's just, it's just the parallels between how, you know, the backlash goes, you know, against, you know, the most vulnerable populations in so Mm -hmm. many of these things. Um, the other thing I really took out of it was the section on child welfare. Uh-huh. There isn't a lot of good data on adoption and foster care and that kind of stuff. But um, the fact that Ohio is dead last in funding, state funding for our child welfare system, terrible. like 4% that of the terrible. money comes from the state money and the rest comes from local and, and yeah. federal um, grant We get dollars. nine cents on the dollar. Yeah. Every, the national average is 43. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference. Yeah, that's a huge difference. And, you know, again, just shows how ridiculously stupid our state legislature is and talking about how pro-life they are. And then they give nine cents to the dollar to actually take take care care of of kids kids who are in vulnerable situations and need help through the foster care system. 
Like that is just not okay. So that was another, I think, big mm-hmm. piece that kind of really popped out for me. And I think it popped out for a lot of other people because there were a lot of shocked looks in the room um, right. when when the when that when those statistics yeah. were out. In addition to the full out report for the people watching on video, you can see it. It'll be in the show notes if you can't. Um, the amazing Stephanie Craddock Sherwood put together. Um, the graphics for the report um, and put together a really fabulous one-page um, infographic on some of the highlights or lowlights, as they may be, of of the report, too. So it's a simple, easy way to kind of get an over, overall glance at the report without reading all 42 pages of the actual booklet. Right. But if you want to read that, you can. Yes. Um, links, uh, as Jamie said, in the show notes, or you can always go to prochoiceohio.org. <coughs> Oh, and this week's Walk of Shame goes to... <laughs> the return of the Walk Oklahoma. of Shame. Um, yeah. So Oklahoma has a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it has some fabulous people in it, but it has, has some, some major issues. People. Um, Oklahoma City is nice. Um, if you go there, go to Bricktown. It's a nice area. <laughs> um, but yeah, they have some issues. So this, So their legislature passed a bill which makes abortion a felony. Um so basically, um, yeah, you would, if you were a doctor who performed an abortion, that would be considered what, like a, a cruel act or an inhumane act. And therefore you would lose unprofessional your, conduct, unprofessional conduct. Yes. And so therefore, because you were committing unprofessional conduct, you would, um, be in danger of losing your license, and then you, you know, would you, lose your license. Or you would lose your yeah. license and you wouldn't be able to be a doctor anymore. Yeah. Right. Is how they're going about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know why they thought that this was a good idea. Like what they thought they were going to accomplish. Like this obviously was not going to go anywhere. It's going to get a court. But anyway, so Governor Mary Fallon, who's a Republican, she's anti-choice, but she did veto it because um, at least I guess she recognizes that this was just crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. So crazy and horribly unconstitutional. I don't get how a state legislature moves a bill. I mean, you know, moving a bill through a house chamber and a Senate chamber takes time and mm-hmm. committee hearings and all of that. You know that you're signing your state up for a very expensive court mm-hmm. battle. Mm-hmm. You know, North that Dakota did that. Lose. That you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was the point, was that the governor realized that, okay, this is going to require us to challenge this to the Supreme Court. It's not going to win right now. Um, and so she just declined to sign her own state up for mm-hmm. that big of an expense. You yeah. know, So you know, she gets points for using common sense there, mm-hmm. regardless of what her views on abortion are. It, yeah. you know, financially, it's not a smart decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't get how the state legislature doesn't get that message yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, ours has. They mm-hmm. they were presented with the heartbeat bill, which slightly different mechanics, but same basic principle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they said, you know what, this isn't something that we can afford to do right now. They yeah. wanted to. Yeah. I don't get how the Oklahoma legislature puts that on their governor's desk mm-hmm. saying, Hey, we want to buy something really expensive and it's up to you to turn it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well I think too it's a it's a really interesting study of who, which anti-choice group is in power. Right. Because the heartbeat bill would sail through if a higher right to life wasn't opposing it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that really just, shows, so the Oklahoma bill was uh, the brainchild of an organization called Abor- Abolish Human Abortion, AHA. They are um, actually probably even further out than the groups we talk about with Created Equal, with their Killers Among Us campaign and things like that. They are like the most extreme extreme. They really believe that 
you know, the Supreme Court was entirely wrong in Roe versus Wade, and it is their moral duty to overturn it. This incremental approach is not what they're interested in. They want to just ban it outright. Yeah. Just do it right now. I think you're being polite in describing them, too. Oh, they're... I mean, what I see They're is, freaking ridiculous. They think that this is, like, the second Holocaust. Yes. You know. Well, they're... I mean, they are the, the new abolitionist movement. They are right. co-opting all of the language from the anti-slavery actual... <laughs> um, um, a movement and um, really calling this the next genocide, the next slavery, the next, you know, they are, they are the abolitionists of the 21st century, um, even though they're mostly mm-hmm. white dudes. Um, so <laughs> put it I'm like, what else is new? Uh-huh. What else is new? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, th- these are radical, radical groups and it just really shows that, you know, in, in Oklahoma, this radical group has control of right. the, the of mm-hmm. their legislature and has enough weight, scarily, to to push them to pass this bill. Right. Yeah, and they would still be able to, you know, win. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I also read that so that uh, Oklahoma is one of the most anti-choice states. Mm-hmm. There's a woman trying to open up an abortion mm-hmm. clinic there in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City is the largest metro area currently with no abortion provider, and no one has tried to open up a clinic there since 1974. Yeah, yeah. That, mm-hmm. I mean, that's shocking. That's yes. that's basically like abortion was legalized in '73. Yeah, and then immediately after that, they were like, "Ooh, not in this state." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that'll be really interesting. It's the Trust Women Group. Um, they've opened some other clinics um, around the state and, and mm-hmm. really happy I think to they do. have another one in Kansas, yeah, which is also very yeah. anti-choice. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. yeah, they reopened Tiller's Clinic after he was murdered. Right. So, yeah, that'll be um, really good for that area. I mean, when you look at it, Oklahoma is just such a state of disparities. I mean, you've got the kind of... It really is. You know, city culture you know, European immigrants, you know, coming in, but then all of the areas of the Native American reservations where, you know, we've, you know, ghettoized our native population Mm -hmm. and all those things. And, you know, for a state like that, where they've got so much need for public assistance and help and those kinds of things to have the state government say, hey, we don't care about you. We're going to spend all this money, you know, trying to ban abortion is just completely ridiculous. I talk about like the detrimental statistics for black people it's even worse oh, heck yeah. for Native people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really bad for them, mm-hmm. which is really sad. Are you allowed to open an abortion clinic on a Native American reservation and still face the same regulations that you would if it was not? There were some... I really don't know. I'm curious. That's a good question. There was actually... There's a independent lens, or is one of the PBS specials did one, because it happened, I think, in South Dakota, you when know? South Dakota was talking about its personhood amendment and all those those bad things that it was right. doing like four or five years ago, um, a woman on one of the reservations did open a clinic, and it did. It, there were some different, but there's also all the federal laws that kind of play in in some ways. But it was it was very interesting and weird. I can't remember exactly how it played mm. all played out. Yeah, but. Yeah, she did. I mean, that was her her solution was going to be if if South Dakota did pass this personhood amendment yeah. because it's a reservation and semi-sovereign in the way that we set those things up. Right. She could be able to still provide those services um, in those areas. We'll have to look it up and maybe if we can find it real quick, we'll throw it in the show notes. But yeah. it was a really interesting kind of case study on on what they could do in those right. kinds of situations because it is slightly different. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it, even if that would happen, it's not some you know miraculous solution yeah. for the majority of women because yeah. transportation issues, mm-hmm. even yeah. in the state of Ohio, was a huge yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And getting to the middle of South Dakota or, or Oklahoma or wherever mm-hmm. is <laughs> the kind of impractical. Yeah, um, you know, for for any you know larger number mm-hmm. of women. Um, but that's yeah, that's something I'm interested. Um, <laughs> That's curious. Um, So one last note on Oklahoma before we move on. Um, I just wanted to talk more about the punishments that the bill prescribes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the state is looking at the doctors that are practicing um, in their state and saying that if you're a doctor uh, that performs this procedure that's legal across the country, that they are so offended that they will strip you of your medical license and throw you in jail as a felon. You know, they're putting doctors behind bars Mm -hmm. as felons for doing something that is a constitutionally protected right. And Mm -hmm. that I think is just so astounding to say, you know, okay, we object that this doctor is doing an abortion, but we object so strongly that we're going to lock you up in a prison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and OBGYNs are already at such a short fall anyway. I mean, right. hospital to hospital is getting rid of their birthing centers. I mean, some places in Ohio, you've got to drive an hour to get to a hospital that has a birthing mm-hmm. center. Right. So, you know, the, the fact that we're just cavalierly saying we're just going to throw all these doctors in prison. Right. What happens when women want to give birth to healthy babies and we've thrown all the doctors in jail? Exactly. Right. You know, and... Making something a felony, you know, even after they're out of prison. Basically, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're labeled as a felon, you're not Mm -hmm. going to get gainful employment. No. Mm -mm. And so saying that this this person, this doctor, because he's done something that the woman came and asked for in his legal procedure is somehow, you know, to be removed from society Yeah, is shocking. Yeah. Um, And most likely that probably wouldn't happen. They would just probably stop doing them. Yeah. Right, Mm -hmm. the doctors would stop the procedure, but but to threaten that, um, Mm -hmm. and then just to transition into the next thing on our agenda, um, they've applied similar, you know, different states, uh, now talking about Indiana, Mm -hmm. they've applied similar punishments to women. Um, Mm -hmm. And so uh, this past week we saw um, the uh, uh, oral arguments in the appeal in Indiana in their state court of appeals for Pervy Patel, Um, who has been convicted and is facing 20, in, in, not facing 20 years. She is it, yeah. it currently serving mm-hmm. a 20-year sentence because she had a miscarriage <laughs> and was charged um, with uh, feticide and child neglect because uh, she had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And the hospital uh, performed tests. They say that there was no traces of any abortifacient. They didn't find any evidence of uh, mifepristone Mm -hmm. in her blood. Mm -hmm. Um, But still the state has sentenced her, and so she's now doing 20 years in prison because she had a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's equally shocking, even more so Mm -hmm. that, you know, this wasn't something that she chose to have happen. She was pregnant. She had a miscarriage. She went to the hospital, and now Mm -hmm. she's in prison. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you know, when, when this, uh, when this initially happened in March of 2015, um, there was, uh, a lot of, uh, criticism of the state of Indiana for doing this, uh, especially on Twitter. People mm-hmm. were outraged. They were furious that Indiana would do this. Mm-hmm. And there was a huge response, um, 
several of the writers from RH Reality Check, um, some of you know your more uh, usual suspects on Twitter, were saying, hey, don't look at this as an Indiana problem. No. Because many of your states have yes. the same mm-hmm. laws and could be in the same situation. Mm-hmm. Well, and the crazy thing about the Pervy Patel case, too, is that she, as you said, she's being charged with feticide and child neglect, right. which are two totally separate sections of code. And also, feticide can only happen before right. the fetus is expelled from the body. Once it's expelled from the body, it's a child and a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Child neglect can only happen to a child who's right. alive. Right. Feticide is the killing of something before it comes out. Yeah. So she's being charged with killing the fetus before it comes out, but then also abusing an alive baby afterwards. Those both can't happen right. under law. Yeah. But the judge was like, oh, yeah, sure. That's fine. Yeah. So, and, and you know, our listeners will remember, and most people will remember, you know, a couple months ago, Donald Trump was like, oh, yeah, there should be totally be a, be a punishment for the woman. There has to be. And yeah. every anti-choice group on the planet, except abolish human abortion, <laughs> was like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not what we believe. mean. We don't believe that. No, 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 no. Well, they're already putting women in jail. Yes. They're already right. punishing women. So the fact that they can, with a straight face, say, we don't want to put women in jail, and you're already freaking doing it. You're doing it with Pervy Patel. You're doing it in, in Tennessee with women who um, have drug abuse problems. Mm-hmm. You know, we're putting women in jail for things they do during pregnancy already. Yeah. And, the, and it is not a far cry to say that if one of these bans does go into effect, that we wouldn't put women in jail is just a farce. It's just ridiculous. Right. So women in jail, doctors in jail, Mm -hmm. everybody in jail. I feel like except for us, not many people in the media. Like when he said that, I don't feel like many of them even brought her up. Like Mm -mm. they were just, yeah, had all the anti-choice groups on there saying how that's not what they believe and how he's really not pro-choice, but somehow they're all behind him now Mm -hmm. anyway. But, and he didn't really mean that. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm so done with them. (laughs) Yeah, you can't have it both ways. That's, that's, yes, right. exactly. So yeah. Okay. Uh, so there was no um, there was no actual decision. This was just the round of oral mm-hmm. arguments. Um, I believe I saw something where the judge uh, on that uh, court of appeals bench did, you know, stress that you know they understood the timeliness of this. That there was a woman sitting in prison mm-hmm. waiting for this. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, hopefully um, there will be a decision in this round of appeals uh, to be um, announced shortly. Um, but we're in a position to wait and see. Mm-hmm. So, And I don't think, you know, President Obama is going to be leaving office and he'll issue a round of pardons. I think that because this is not a federal no, case, it's that federal it's case, not no. eligible for Mm-mm. a presidential pardon. No, Pence would have to do it as governor and that's never going to happen. Yeah, that's sure as hell never going to happen. <laughs> Unfortunately. Right. For so. those who don't know, Governor Mike Pence used to be Congressman Mike Pence and led the fought, uh, the fight to try and defund Planned Parenthood at the national level. Yeah. So he's probably not mm-hmm. going to side um, mm-hmm. with Pervy Patel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's going I, on? I wanted to, um, when Donald Trump the other day said he wanted to debate Bernie Sanders and he would do it for $10 million and give the money to women's health issues, I wanted to tweet at him and be like, give the money to Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. since all of these states have tried to defund it. Like, And you said before that they do really good work, mm-hmm. so you should push your money where your mouth is 
and give it to them. Well, he likes of to make lots of promises. He likes to make lots of promises with his money that he doesn't actually do. They were True. saying this week that $6 million that supposedly he raised for veterans, like 350000 yeah. has actually been given to veterans groups. That's not exactly. $6 million. That's not $6 million. That's <laughs> way shorter. That's not even like, that's like 5% yes. of $6 million. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, You're exactly right, yeah. So, yeah, if I wouldn't. Yeah. The first thing I saw this morning um, when I... Uh, turned on my phone was a tweet from Hillary Clinton's campaign, uh, and it was a, a video of, you know, what would your potential next president have to say about pregnancy? And so it was some footage of some <laughs> Donald Trump interview, and he was basically saying, pregnancy, it's great for the woman, it's great for the man, it, it's not so good for business. It's <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> That's all he says, though. And even when, even when you say things like uh, about that, like even when um, they said when he was talking about how he was happy that the ho- um, housing bubble happened because mm-hmm. then people like him can go in and buy, like, and then he was just like, "Well, I'm a businessman. Like, that's what we do." Mm-hmm. I'm so about people. Like, okay, like that makes sense. I mean, he's correct. That's what they do, mm-hmm. and those are yeah. horrible things. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that does not make you a qualified candidate no. to be president. No. Gosh, yeah, crazy. Okay, what's our last segment, Randy? Let's get it on. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Um, first up in the Let's Get It On, we did our microphone training. Um, that's the training that we've talked about in previous uh, episodes of this podcast. Uh, it's going to be a program that's ongoing. Um, we want to have people sign up. Um, just because the first training is over, there will be additional rounds. Um making sure that uh, people who want to get more engaged, more active, know how to talk about issues of reproductive rights, um, to write letters to the editor, write mm-hmm. op-eds, um, do call-in radio, that sort of thing. Um, so continue to sign up if you're interested. You can find it at bit.ly slash microphone2016. Cool. Um, also, we also had the uh, Women of Color Happy Hour Roundtable and I was very um, happy with the people that came. It was small, but we had a good time, and we had a really great discussion. So that went really well. Um, and also upcoming, so next Saturday, the first Saturday in June, is Dayton Pride. So we're going to be there from noon to 4, and we'll have a booth set up. Um, the third weekend, which is I don't have the 18th. The 18th. The, the, yeah, the 17th, 17th, 18th. 18th. It's Father's Day weekend, Pride. so I remember. Yes. The 17th and 18th, Columbus Pride will be there Friday, 4 to 8, and then all day Saturday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. And then the last weekend um, in June is ComFest and Cincinnati Pride. So we'll be at ComFest Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, Cincinnati, uh, that just that Saturday, June 25th. But of course, um, you'll have all of that information mm-hmm. Um, in the email, or you can email me at volunteer at prochoiceohio.org. Mm-hmm. And for folks in the northern part of the state, for some reason, Toledo um, and Youngstown and Cleveland all do their prides in July and August. Um, so Annie has a bunch of like little street festivals and those kind of things she's doing. So if you're interested in volunteering up there, email volunteer at prochoiceohio.org, and Annie will get you hooked up with that schedule too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and as always, look for information in the show notes. Cool. Good to go? Good to go. Okay. We'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye.